weekend, our volunteer fair is going to be starting up here right after this service, hence all these, we're all wearing the same shirts here, but before we do that, um, this is always an exciting weekend, we get to welcome in 17 new members to the Living Hope Church family this weekend, yes, now I'm glad you're clapping and uh, cheering because... I want to make sure of something. When we're done this, right, I'm going to call them up here in a minute. We're going to welcome them. We're going to pray over them. And then when they go back to their seats, what are you all looking at here? Oh, they put names up already. <laughs> you can take that down. I'm not there yet. I'm going to say a few things here before we, uh, before we bring people up. It's like something's happening on the screen behind me because not one of you was looking this way. When they get done being prayed over and they head back to their seats, I want you out into the aisles. I want you high-fiving. I want you cheering. I want you going berserk. Hey, not just this polite little clap like they joined a religious club because they haven't. They've officially become members here at our church. Now, I want to just explain this very briefly. Anyone and everyone is welcome to attend Living Hope. We love all of you. We love every single person who walks through the door of this place. And I understand that there's sometimes varying reasons why uh, someone doesn't want to uh, proceed with, uh, you know, formal membership. But formal membership to us is super, super important because it, it is like a covenant relationship that's committed from both parties, us to you and you to us. And we know that when it gets going, you know, thick and thin as the church is moving forward and the plans that God has over us, it's good to know who your members are who have said, I am 110% into this thing. I am 110% committed to the cause. That's how we can take on huge ventures like a new campus here in our city. And again, that's not to minimize the prayer, the donations, the giving, the faithfulness of those who aren't members, but it's good for us to know who is a member. Membership, there's privileges and there's, uh, you know, rewards that go both ways here. We uh, be sure, we tell our members this when they're going through our class uh, that we just finished up, a membership class. Uh, your, you know, pastoral counseling, weddings, funerals, uh, times where you need extra uh, help and assistance in your life. Uh, the, we, we teach our cell leaders and our pastoral staff, you make sure you prioritize uh, church members. They're here, they're committed, they're serving, they're volunteering, they're giving. They have bought in 110%. This is their home church. Uh, and we make sure that we uh, give a return commitment uh, to you. And again, those of you who are here who aren't members, you're probably thinking, well, I've had times where I've met with a, a C group leader or received counseling or help. Yeah, that stuff's available to anybody. But we make sure, we absolutely make sure with our church members uh, that we're here uh, and, and offering everything that we can as a church. Uh, one little perk that we, uh, that we like to make available, you heard about this earlier this year. This is a brand new thing, but just to give you an example, uh, we offer all members, and those of you who are becoming members, tomorrow be sure you check your email inbox because you will have a free uh, account, courtesy of us, courtesy of the church, to an amazing online resource called Right Now Media. Have a quick look at this preview video uh, before I call them. A light in the darkness, a city on a hill. Jesus entrusted the church to continue his teaching, to equip his people to be disciples, and to make disciples. There's no greater mission. We love the church, and that's why we've created Right Now Media. In this busy, mobile, noisy world, Right Now Media is a resource to help cut through the distractions that hinder consistent growth and discipleship. When your church subscribes to Right Now Media, every member gets free access to a huge library of video Bible studies, 
Over 10,000 streaming video sessions from more than 150 Christian publishers and ministries available anytime, anywhere. We've got stuff for small groups, youth groups, personal devotion, Bible studies on marriage, parenting, finance, and leadership, and a ton of high-quality, safe, biblical kids material. We want to help you equip and unleash everyone in your church for the glory of God to be a light in the darkness, a city on a hill, because we love the church and the mission of the church matters. All right. Check your email tomorrow. Those who are new members, you're going to have free access to this. It's incredible. There's just thousands and thousands of uh, uh, resources on there. Now, can I please get that list uh, brought back up? If you're here tonight, and I know there's about half of you here, we're doing this tomorrow as well. If you're here tonight and you see your name here, please come up and line on up across the front. And church, why don't you welcome them as they come on up here tonight. (laughs) Come on over. Good stuff. What do we got here? Thank you for not making me eat a fish. All right, good stuff. Beautiful. Handing out treats. This is fantastic. What a great looking group. Come on. Uh, so I was told there was about half, but clearly more than half will be here uh, tomorrow. We're doing this at 11 uh, a.m. tomorrow as well. You know, the Bible makes it clear that God adds to his church. It's not an accident that you guys are here. It's not an accident that you've been connected to this body, right? We've talked about this a bit last week, and I'm definitely talking about this this weekend. This is our uh, main focus here with the job fair, the volunteer fair happening, tying in with membership. God unites us, and the Bible tells us that we're all part of a body, and each one of us has an important role to play. And we're going to look at this a bit here uh, in the scripture uh, this evening. Every single one of you guys and everybody else on this list, you have a role, you have a unique gifting, a unique ability, and God has decided this would be the place where you would fit in perfectly with the body. How many believe that your God is powerful enough to plant people wherever he wants to plant them? Right? I have this conversation all the time with people, and and I say, think about it. Think about the God that you serve. Do you really think he made a mistake when he planted you in that church family? Do you think he... Realized two weeks later, yikes, I thought that was a different city that they were in. I didn't realize I was planting them there. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. And there's amazing stories uh, we have here in our church and with this group here this weekend. People who've come from the other side of the world and God brings you and he connects you here with this body at this season in 2018. Personally, I think it is phenomenal the way the church of Jesus is expanded and grows and united and linked together. Every single one of us is important. Every single person is important. You know, one of the things we always hear about our church, and many of you guys have have shared this, is how welcoming and friendly we are. How many have found that when you first came? You're just welcomed, and people love you, and they give you hugs and high fives. We always encourage our members. Now, when you become a member, you're the one who's doing that to the next wave of new folks. When you see people here, we always say after the service, look for someone you don't know. When you're a member, you're now saying, I'm committed to that sort of lifestyle. I'm not just here taking it for myself. I'm here now to love on uh, people, and I'm going to be that friendly face, just like somebody here was the friendly face that welcomed these guys. I want us to pray uh, over this group 
And like I said, we'll do this again uh, tomorrow. And I want you to have a, just, I'm really believing you'll have a God revelation and a God picture of what happens when he continues to connect more people to his family and to his body. And we believe this wholeheartedly as a church that we're here and we're all on the same team. We're all teammates now. We're friends now. We're part of the same family now. Literally, we're all part of a, a spiritual family. God set it up. God designed this. It's the greatest thing ever, the church, and we all get to journey uh, in it together. I would like to call up our staff uh, pastors as well as cell leaders. If there's any cell leaders in the room, could you come join us here? We're going to pray over these ones. Church, I would like you to stretch your hands out uh, to these guys, and I would like you to pray blessing, anointing, the presence and power of God. Come on, there are callings and giftings on their lives that God has destined them to walk in, and he planted them here for a reason. All right, party time up here. Stretch, hey, that's fine, this should be a party. Stretch your hands out, church. Let's pray blessing over these guys. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your spirit, oh God. Lord, we thank you for drawing these ones from all over the world and bringing them here connected with this church body and this church family. Lord, you are building your church, and the gates of hell are not going to be able to stop it or prevent it. Lord, I pray blessing upon each one here. I pray your anointing upon each one. Lord, the giftings and the abilities that they have deep within them. Lord, I pray that they would flourish as they're connected in this body and in this house. Lord, I pray that they would be the welcoming face to the new folks who are coming in week after week after week. Jesus, we thank you that we're part of the greatest thing that will ever exist in all of history, your church. Bless their families, we ask. Bless their finances. Bless their health. Bless their ministries. Bless their relationships. Lord, I pray that this would be the church family where they grow and flourish in their faith. They grow and flourish in their relationship with you, Lord God. Lord, we all want more of you. Bless them, we ask, in your mighty name. And everyone said... Amen. Come on, give these guys a hand. Stand up, church. Stand up. Stand up. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. Almost, man. (laughs) When these guys... Nobody's going to hear me. What are you two doing? So glad you're here. All right, man. Glad you're here, brother. Bless you, buddy. So glad you're here with us. All right, love on these guys. Give them a high five on their way back. Come on. All right, you guys can head back to your seats. High five a bunch of people on the way back. There we go, there we go, there we go. Come on, this is church. This is how it should be. A fun moment. Come on, don't you love how God adds to his church? You understand you're part of the greatest organization in all of history? Think about it. You and I are connected with something with eternal purpose and eternal value. An eternal significance. This isn't just a social club. Come on. This isn't just a group that's here hanging out together and uh, God happened to bring us to the same building. No, we're connected as a family. 
We are connected, uh, a, a part of the church that God has established here in our city at this time. You know, there are people right now living in all sorts of regions in the world that God has decided that someday this is going to be their church family. And he takes people on their journey, on their path, how that all gets navigated out, that's up to him. But we need to be a church that loves our community, that loves the places of the world that we have opportunity to go to and to uh, be a blessing in. We're not in this for numbers, we're not in this for fame, we're not in this for size, we're in this to see a mighty army and a mighty family of Jesus developed that can do amazing things expanding the good news. The mission of the church, the Great Commission, that's why we are here. And we know that anyone who commits to becoming a member here says, I'm on board with that Great Commission. I'm on board to be the kind of person uh, who is sold out to the plans and the purposes of God. You can follow along with me uh, on on the church app uh, tonight. Uh, the notes are in there. I'm going to go through some things here. To I'm going to tie this all together. This is going to you're going to understand a, a bit more about membership. You're going to understand about this volunteer fair. You're going to understand uh, what it is to be a part and connected to a church family that goes much deeper than coming here once a weekend. This is biblical. The Bible says don't uh, don't forget to get together and come and join together. Some people say, oh, I don't need to do that. I can just watch it online. I can just uh, have church with me and Jesus. No, this is biblical. What you're doing. But boy, oh boy, the church goes so much deeper than just filling a seat. It is a life-changing experience if you will dive in. In our church, of course, you're familiar with this. Those of you who have been here, if you're new, ACT, you see on our shirts, Activate, Connect, Train. This is our pathway, the pathway to growth in our church. Being activated, being uh, joined to an A-team where you can begin to serve and have your gifts activated. You know, many of you have gifts and talents and abilities God wants you to use those to further his kingdom. God gave you those gifts and talents, not just to make a living, but also to see people connected to him. You have a place in the body uh, that that helps uh, it grow and flourish when you are activated. Connecting. We believe so much that we are to be connected as a body. We're to be connected as a family. There's a reason the, the Bible uses all the body analogies, and we'll get into this. Your body is not all disconnected, just laying on the floor. Your body is all together. In harmony. Your body, if it's healthy, it functions all, it's just all interconnected. It's incredible when you do any research or, you know, learning or study into how the entire system of the body works. To see how the, all the systems are connected and how things way down in your heel affect things way up in your neck and in your head. Like the body, when it's healthy and functions, it's just an amazing machine that God has designed. Well, he wants our church family to be the same way. He wants us to be connected with one another to be connected in our relationship with him, to be connected in our areas of ministry, to be connected in small groups. He desires you to have good relationships with the people that you're here with. Amen? And then the third thing, train. We believe that we're supposed to train and grow and become all God's called us to be. We're not called to just sit in a seat and never mature. How many remember the Bible tells us clearly to mature in our faith, mature and grow as believers? And so we have T-Track classes. I want to encourage you, wherever you fall, if you're just brand new and you just arrived, or if you've been here for years but you've never really dove into the T-Track, you can start with our next class. You just heard the promo about it. Uh, We're starting up another one, the Purple Book. Anybody, whether you just got here or you've been here a decade, you can jump in. We have a T-Track that runs constantly all year other than the summertime. Uh, And it's set up in such a way that anybody can dive in at any time because it's vital that we learn the Bible. It's vital that we grow in our knowledge and understanding of the scripture. 
It's vital that we understand theology and why we believe what we believe. It's, it's vital that you learn how to give a good answer when you're discussing things with neighbors and family and friends. It's not enough just to come and worship. You need to dive into the scriptures. Now, we've got a whole host of amazing teachers who can unpack it for you, who can help uh, just get a bit deeper and dig deeper for you. I encourage every single person to dive into the T-Track. There's a spot on our website that says uh, get connected, and it's like a little puzzle piece. If you go on findhope.tv, it looks like a little puzzle uh, logo. If you click on that, there is a spot where you can let us know if you're interested in taking the next membership class. We're considering adding a second membership class in this spring sooner than we normally do because we've been hearing of some extra demand uh, than there may be, uh, has been in prior years. If you're here tonight and you say, you know what, I want to dive into that membership class. I want to find out what membership's all about here. Go home, open the website, click on that little puzzle piece, get connected, and just send in the, the info on the form. Uh, if you go in there and you respond on the membership form, it'll get to us and we'll know who's interested uh, potentially in taking this next class. You know, the Bible is so clear that all three, being activated, being connected, and being trained and growing, all three are vital in our walk with God. All three are so essential. God loves it when we serve him with our time, talents, and money. Say time, talent, and money. We're, we're a connected body of believers, and our job is to help connect other people into the body of believers and train them how to help connect other people into the body of believers. And all the way along, we're connecting everyone to Jesus. I'm not your Holy Spirit. I'm not your God. He takes care of that, and we connect you to him. We want to connect each one of us into a relationship with God. Go to Romans 16. Romans 16, and we're going to start in verse 1. Well, I'm going to read a bit of a longer stretch here than maybe I normally would, but uh, you're going to see why. This is going to kind of tie everything together tonight. Okay, Romans 16, starting in verse 1. It says, I commend you, okay, I want you to listen to all the names and all the titles that are mentioned here. I commend you, uh, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in, uh, and there's tons of this I can't pronounce all the way through this verse, but whatever, Centure. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need. She's been the benefactor of many people, including myself. Okay, this is Paul writing this to the church in Rome. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers. They risked their lives for me. Not only, for, not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who worked hard for you. Greet Adronisius and Junia, my fellow Jews who've been in, in prison with me. They are outstanding among apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, Ampliat, yeah, whatever, Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. <laughs> There's a lot of this all the way through this. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stashes. Greet Apelles. Greet those who belong in the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus. Are you hearing all the names uh, that he's greeting? Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, the women who worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman working hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus and his mother, who's been a mother to me. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrovos, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Philologus, Julia, 
I would not cut it over in, uh, over in Europe back in these days. Nereus and his sister Olympias and all the people who are with them greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I really should have had them record this and just play this back tomorrow twice. <laughs> I can't believe I have to read this two more times. Okay, so all the people he's greeting, and I'm going to remind you of certain groups here in, in a moment, but he's greeting a lot of different people, uh, and there's a reason for this. And this is just amazing to see how the church works. Now, verse 17, he goes into a quick bit of teaching and warning. I urge you to watch out for those who cause divisions, who put obstacles in your way contrary to the teaching you've learned. Stay away from them. People like this are not serving the Lord, but, are, but their own appetites. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, okay? Stay away from people like this. Uh, they talk smooth and flatter people. They deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone's heard about your obedience, and I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. The grace of Jesus be with you. Timothy, my coworker, sends his greeting to you. As to, okay, now, so now watch this. Now he goes from greeting them to now sending greetings on behalf of other people. As do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipeter, my fellow Jews. Tertius, who wrote this letter, greets you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends greetings. Eristus, the city's director of public works, and our brother Quartus send you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus, in keeping with the revelation of the hidden mystery, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of God, so all Gentiles, say all, All Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be the glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, a lot of names and titles in there, as I warned you there would be. And I I said most of them wrong. Now, there's a few concepts I want to make sure that we undo in our mind. Okay, and there's a reason I chose to read all this. uh, And you're wondering, how in the world does this fit with the volunteer fair and membership? Watch and you'll see Often people say the early church was just an all-male show. It was all guys. It was all men. When you go through this, there are ten women alone mentioned by name. Okay, Ten female names that he mentions, giving thanks to. They helped establish this. They worked so hard. They've got home churches uh, happening. He also mentioned many other women and sisters. There's references to them and all their other women and all their other sisters and uh, all the the other uh, family members. There's also references to entire families, to brothers and to sisters. You see him greet deacons, co-workers, friends, family, physicians, and elite members of Roman society. I'm going to get into this a little bit, but this is who these people were when you dig into the names. I thought, if i got to read all these names, I'm going to do some research on who these, who these people were. Okay, so those are the people he was sending greetings to, a whole cross-section of people, men, women, families, everything. He sends greetings from co-workers scribes, those with a gift of writing or administration, those with a gift of hospitality, and from a director of public works. There are four times he thanks co-workers, which in this context means other people who are full-time traveling, let's use the term missionaries, full-time traveling missionaries like Paul was. Okay, out of the dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people referenced here in this passage, four of them, four of them were doing the same thing as him, traveling around Uh, spreading the gospel. Two of them, it tells us, have started a small home church. We read that back in verse 5. 
The rest of them all have different types of gifts and skills and abilities, and God is using them to further the gospel in their cities and their towns and their regions and the churches where they have been planted and where they've been connected. We often mistake the spread of the early church, and we think that all of them were like Paul, traveling around everywhere and starting new churches. No, new churches were being started, and then were growing and flourishing with those who lived there. There's a small select few, you know, God has different giftings and abilities for different people. Not everyone is called to be a missionary. If every single one of us was called to be a missionary, guess what? None of us would be here tonight. We would all be traveling the world, but some are. Some of you are called to the mission field. Some people have left our church and are on the mission field right now as we speak, uh, working in different parts uh, of the world. Every other person mentioned here is involved in seeing the church expanded and grow and built in their area and their gifting. I love how he mentions people with a gift of hospitality and people who are writing, having a church in their home, people with public, uh, you know, he had a director, a city director, a city official uh, they made mention to. I think only, you know, our culture we have to be on guard against because we live in an entertainment culture. We love to show up at places and be entertained. We can't allow church to become institutionalized or become just another place where we expect to go and get entertained because that's not what it's all about. We are called to come and put all of our gifts, our skills, our abilities together and help the church flourish and become all God has called us to be. Many of you are being planted right here in this church, not just this church, but this location of this church, and you're going to be here for years to come, spreading the good news of Jesus in this part of Hamilton. There's a hundred of you who have joined our launch team to start our new campus down by Gage Park in a couple of months. You're going to be there, and you're going to be furthering the gospel there as we open other locations and perhaps plant other churches or perhaps send missionaries to different places. God will use you to further his kingdom and further the gospel. Wherever you are planted, that is what God is doing in you and through you. Whatever your skill set is, just like we see this whole random range of skill sets in these people, this is what God does. He brings a collection of people together with all kinds of different abilities, skills, passions, interests, and he says, now you're going to work together to spread the good news. Now you're going to work together uh, so that people can come to know me, that people can be added to my kingdom. I love how, you know, throughout this whole passage, uh, all the different people he's thanking, and he mentions quite often, they were instrumental in these people knowing Jesus. They were believers before I was. They were the first believers in that town or in that city. And just making reference points to who these people were, it is so important that you and I uh, don't get a wrong concept when we read through some of these early church scriptures uh, and think that it was just a small group of guys doing everything. No, there was a group of guys God called and anointed to spread the good news, and then they established churches who kept reproducing. I remember I said last week, it started with 12 guys, and here we are, 2.2 billion Christians later. 2.2 billion, with a B, Christians later. How did that happen? And tax collectors and fishermen and people who weren't all that educated, because they got connected to the mission of Jesus, that's how. They realized that I'm called to be part of the Great Commission, whether I can fish or whether I can write or sing or host or have hospitality. I'm connected to Jesus now, and I'm going to be instrumental in seeing the good news spread. One person, one family, one home at a time. And that's the way it continues today. That's the way the church of Jesus continues to expand today. Go to 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read verses 12 to 27. I made mention of this when we were praying over our new members here tonight. 
Okay, this is uh, in your notes here. I'm under number one here. Every single body part is important. How many would agree with me that every single part of your own human body is important? Anyone disagree with that statement? And you're just, you know, happily uh, doing without? We all believe that there's every part is important. Every part has a role. Listen to this in 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body, one spirit, and we all share that same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. I love this because it starts to directly address our human nature to compare with other people. This passage is fantastic. If the ear says, I'm not part of a body because I'm not an eye, does that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body was an eye, how would you hear? That's a good question. If your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? Our bodies have many parts, and God put each part just where he wants it. How strange would a body be if it only had one part? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Please get this. The parts we regard as less honorable are the ones we clothe with the greatest care. We carefully protect parts that aren't seen, while the more honorable parts don't require this special care. God has put the body together so that extra honor and care are given to those parts that seem to have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, we all suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. What a great analogy that is. Turn to your neighbor and say, when you win, we all win. How would you like it? Okay, this building was built in 1997, this room we're sitting in now, and this whole new wing back here, right? The church used to be in what is now the kids' wing. How would you like it? So 1997, what's that, 21 years? How would you like it if in the last 21 years, not once, anybody came in and cleaned the bathrooms? We could probably smell it all the way in here. How would you like it if when you showed up, uh, remember a couple months ago when it was freezing rain that one Sunday and like the guys were out there salting like madmen and trying to keep you all from killing yourself? Imagine if there was just nobody here. You just had to figure it out yourself. Just slide your way into the front door. Imagine if uh, everybody decided, I don't want to be here. I think I'm going to be a missionary. And so the kids were all dropped off in a kid's room with not a single adult. They were just left to run wild all night long all by themselves. Or we started to do the worship time, or this part, and lights are just off, and nothing's working back here, and all of a sudden smoke starts billowing out from behind the, uh, the backstage over here. There's nobody in the back room. Nobody. Imagine if everybody with all the different skill sets and abilities decided, eh, I'm, I'm not on the stage, therefore I don't matter, so I'm just going to stay home. The person who unlocks and comes early before all of us are here that none of you see, cleaning up, tidying up things, opening the doors. Imagine they just decided, ah, until they let me preach, I'm not showing up anymore. We're all outside looking in, wondering how we can get in. Everything's locked. Everything's turned off. Nobody's fixing anything. 
Every single body, every single body part is important. Would you not agree? I don't know about you, but I'm pretty darn thankful for all those kids workers. And not just, they're not just kids workers in there babysitting your kids, although I'm sure there are some days where that's what they feel like they're doing. They're in there investing in them, training them, teaching them, loving on them. Our, our middle child, Francesca, had her first night in Elevate last night. She just turned 12. Yep. Whoop, whoop. She, was, she was jacked. Man, time goes way too fast, by the way, right? For those who were just starting to have kids, like, enjoy every second. We were home last night, and we are like, this is so nice that we still have a nine-year-old boy running around. It makes us feel not too old yet. But she came home and told us what God spoke to her in her first night in worship, and God, the Spirit of God was here, and uh, she just sensed God speak something so sweet and so personal to her. People aren't just babysitting your young people on a Friday night. The presence of God is there speaking to them, training them. People who are greeting you when you get here, teams that are here long before service starts, everything that goes on during the week. Did you know that all of this equipment and all the HVAC systems and all the lighting you're going to okay, get ready for this. You're not going to believe this. This stuff doesn't all just stay working all on its own. <laughs> think about your apartment or your home where you live. And sometimes you think, man, what a pain. There's always something to fix. Now multiply that in a building this size. Do you know there's people here who come in when you have no idea, Tuesday nights, Saturday mornings, Friday nights to fix stuff, repair things, troubleshoot, replace stuff. There's small group leaders who are hosting meetings uh, all throughout the city, all throughout the, all throughout the week, holding different events to connect with neighbors and meet people. I just uh, heard of one this morning. We were aware that happened uh, down in the building right next to our new Gage Park campus. They held an event there, and we're connecting with neighbors and connecting with new people. There's people, literally, think about us. We're a body. We're a hub. This is like our home base, and then we go out, and we, with the love and the friendliness and the anointing of Jesus, we infiltrate our city. And then we come back here and we all have our role. You know, not everybody can be a worship leader. That's just the fact of the matter. Right? Evie was leading tonight. Evie can sing. She can lead. She's anointed. She hears from God. Some of you can sing in the shower. Some of you might think you would be able to, you know, sing out here, but it's meant for your shower. Sure, you might be anointed. You might be able to hear from God, but there's a big third part missing, the singing part. Not everybody can do everything. I can't sing a lick. That's why you don't ever see me. They tried to drag me into the choir practice last Sunday, and I got the heck out of there. (laughs) Everybody has their own ability, their own skill, their own thing that they're good at, and God connects you here because he wants you to use that for him. You know, one of the things that warms my heart more than anything else is when I talk to people who are so passionate about what they do for Jesus. I mean, I absolutely love it. It's just, it's just amazing to see somebody so passionate and so excited and so fired up because of the thing that they're involved in, uh, helping further the gospel. I've told you this before, but I love stories like this. We've had people come. They've sat in a service. They've come up and they've prayed to meet Jesus at the end. And we've heard from them later on that when they were driving up the street and they saw the guys out there parking, they said, if these parking guys are wackos, we're out of here. In other words, you might think, well, the worship team led the, you know, the presence of God was here, and that's really what witnessed to them. And then the message must have just really spoke to them. And those were the people that got to lead them to Jesus. No, you know who else was involved in leading them to Jesus? The super friendly, helpful parking guys that welcomed them in and didn't cause them to turn and go the other way. (laughs) 
Imagine if the person who told you the good news and invited you decided, ah, oh, my role's not that important. I'm not going to bother. Where would your life be today if somebody hadn't come and said, you know what? There's more for you. I see more for your life. I've been praying for you. I care about you. Think about the mission that we're on as a church. You know, some, like I said, are called on the mission field, but for the rest of us, guess what? Your mission field is right outside these doors. Uh, many of you might have seen online last week how there was a fire right next to our new campus uh, downtown at, at Gage Park. We, were, we all happened to be there. Our staff happened to be there when a big fire broke out. And we were able to get some quickly, a couple of the, the ladies got some coffee and donuts from Hortons, and we went over there because everyone got evacuated and it was cold that morning. Just gave them all hot drinks and donuts and got to chat and got to meet some people. I just got a card given to me before the service. Uh, somebody who lives there gave, uh, wrote a thank you card and sent it along to us uh, for, for being there. The Church of Jesus is here in our community to show the love and the hope of Jesus. If we're not doing it, who's going to? Who else is going to tell them about Jesus if you and I decide that we're not important enough or we don't matter and we're not going to? Who else is going to provide breakfast for kids who are growing up in homes where they don't have breakfast? Who else is going to provide bicycles for children who don't get to enjoy something that really is kind of a simple luxury most of us take for granted? You get connected with the body. You get connected with the church. You get busy for kingdom purposes, and you start to spread the light of Jesus everywhere you go. All the opportunities that we have to bless our city, to walk our streets, to be praying, to loving on your neighbors, caring for people when no one else will care for them. This is what the church does. When you become a member of a church, this is what you're joining. When you activate and you join an A-team, this is what you're joining. It is not a religious club. It is not just something to check off that I do some volunteer hours. No, I'm involved in the greatest mission that has ever existed and ever will exist, the church of Jesus being spread in our community. The love of Jesus being spread in our community. That's what we are here to do. I think church is the ultimate team sport. Every single player matters. Every team member matters. Every single one of you matters. We just read it in that scripture. Every single part matters. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, of course, we're so familiar with this. The Great Commission, Jesus' uh, mission and uh, marching orders to us before he was done on earth. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am always with you to the very, very end of the age. Aren't you thankful that the spirit of Jesus is always with us? Amen. The presence of Jesus is always with us? When you break that down into simple form, we're told to go. We come together, we assemble together, we worship together, but we're told to go and make disciples. Making disciples can't happen if we just stay to ourselves. He wants us to go, share the love of Jesus, and make disciples. I love that it tells us to teach them to obey. Obedience is what Jesus is after. Obedience is what you and I need to be after. Not a conformity, not just a religious schedule, but obeying the uh, words that we see in Scripture. Obeying that still small voice uh, in our lives. And, and, I, and again, the reminder, he's always with us to the very end of the age. Wherever you go, you take the presence and spirit of God with you. In other words, wherever you go, you take church with you. You are the church. You are the church, living, active, here in this building, eventually in another building, and then hopefully multiple different buildings and facilities over the years, but more importantly, through all the regions of our city, all the different neighborhoods of our city, you take the spirit and presence of God with you. 
I want to show you a quick video here, uh, just with some people explaining how beneficial and, bl and blessed they've been to be connected with an A-team. Check this out. Our ACT track is your roadmap to guiding your spiritual growth here at Living Hope. Activate is your starting point. Jump right in by joining the A-team and getting involved in one of the many exciting areas. Hear firsthand how rewarding and impacting it is to be part of the A-team. Check this out. Best part is uh, working along with the team together and having a feeling that I'm also part of uh, the entire uh, big picture and then doing my best to the people who are coming as visitors. So we always believe that uh, more than receiving, we have to give. So we want to serve so that we can be an example for the next generation. That, so it's really uh, kind of fulfilling for me uh, because I, I envision myself as part of a big picture and I am doing whatever I can with my best ability. I work with some amazing leaders and I've met some fantastic volunteers. I um, have a purpose um, in the house of God, I get to serve there and I get to be with some amazing people. You've grown friendships with, with the guys in the, in the group um, and other volunteers as you've been meeting everybody. It's just an exciting place to be. Everybody smiles at you and thanks you. And I've been part of other groups and you don't get that from, from everybody else. When I first came to Living Hope, I didn't know anyone. But I was able to find a place on an A-team where I could get involved. I love how taking the focus off of myself and onto God allows me to serve and live my life with a genuine joy that can never be taken away. Proverbs 11.25 says that the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I think that serving on an A-team is a perfect example of that. Come on, how good is that? Every single one of us plays a role that is important. Back in the first passage we read with all the crazy names, I want to finish off with this. There's something that's crucial that is spoken about here when you do some research and some study into this passage, and I want to make sure we don't miss it. Verses 9 to 12 says, Greet Urbanus, our work in Christ, my dear, my dear friend Stashes. Greet Apelles. Uh, greet those in the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian. Greet those in the household of Narcissus. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, women who work hard in the Lord. Now I want to give you a little bit of a, 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 a bit of background here. Because this passage here, you might not know it just to read that very quickly and read all the names and fumble through them. There is something that is absolutely amazing that happens here and that is being shared here that should excite you and I and just drive home the point about how amazing it is to be connected to a church. Tryphena and Tryphosa were Roman ladies of very high social standing. In fact, they were, their names, okay, they could tell just by the names that were given to people back then, often who they were or what they were involved in. Their names indicate that they, had a, they, were, they inherited and were raised uh, in such high regard that they would have had a tendency to exclusiveness. So they would have been like exclusive high society. Like, not hanging out with regular folks like us. They're just hanging out with the Trumps and super rich people like that. Like, they're not just milling around the malls and hanging around in parks. Like, everything they do is high society. They're exclusive. This is how they were raised. These are the families uh, they belong to. Yet here in this passage, their names occur immediately after the household of Narcissus and a close connection with Ar Aristobulus. Okay, I'm not going to get that all weekend. Narcissus and Aristobulus, both of whom were groups of slaves, slave families. Aristobulus was a grandson of Herod the Great, 
And Narcissus was a well-known freedman whose slaves at his death would have become property of the emperor. Okay, so they're slave families, but with a connection to Herod. Other slave names that we see here are uh, Ampliatus and Urbanus. And in this list here, we see them side by side with other people that were very distinct in high Roman society, with men and women of different nationalities. When you do research on this, and when you start to dive into some of the commentaries, they end up concluding that the church in Rome, to an outsider, the church in Rome would have looked like just the wildest, motley crew of people from all different walks of life, slave, free, rich, poor, different nationalities, men, women, families, young and old, and all of them were hanging out under the same umbrella, serving the same God, involved in the same mission. The church of Jesus is, please get this, the church of Jesus is the world's plan for equality, the world's plan for peace, the world's plan for unity. It's happening in the church. If the church doesn't represent this, then there's something wrong with the church. Because Jesus said, I'm coming for every tribe, tongue, and nation, slave and free. It doesn't matter to him. We're all the same under him. We're all bought with the same blood. We're all connected to the same family. And the way this passage is laid out, there's no way that's by accident. There's no way the wealthiest, the wealthiest, the wealthiest in Rome are mentioned and named with slave families. Because to Jesus, they're all sons and daughters. They're all members of the church. They're all members of the church family. They're all members of the same community. You and I are called to live in harmony together. You, I don't need to tell you this, you see all the issues and struggles and problems in the world. They cannot figure out for the life of them how to create unity. You and I have the answer. You and I have a relationship with Jesus. You and I know what it's like to come and to be connected with people from all different walks of life and background, and not just to tolerate each other, but to love one another, to serve and support and to strengthen one another, to put one another first. All the things that are so countercultural in all different regions of the world and all throughout history, it happens under the umbrella of Jesus. It happens under the umbrella of the cross. Once you meet Jesus, all that other stuff, all that uh, you know, wrong view of life or wrong view of yourself or wrong view of others, that stuff all dies, and Jesus is who matters. And he teaches us how to love. He teaches us how to welcome. He teaches us how to be connected with people that otherwise we may never be connected with. There's no chance these ladies of high standing would ever be hanging out with slaves until they join the church, until they get involved in the greatest organization in history. All of a sudden, in the world's mindset, in earthly terms, one of them was here, one of them was down here. In God's terms, they're right here. Sons and daughters, part of the same family, heirs with the same benefits, the same anointing, the same Holy Spirit, the same calling, the same great commission. Are you getting this? You and I are involved in the church of Jesus, and every single one of us is enlisted to share the good news. Every single one of us, our gift and our ability matters. What you're good at and what you're passionate about, it absolutely matters. I believe God wants us to represent him in every single facet of society, and we saw it when we went through, uh, when we went through this passage earlier. From government workers to farmers to steel workers to finance to service industry to everything in between. God wants you and I to infiltrate our society with the hope and the good news of Jesus. I believe he's going to raise up from this place people who begin to gain influence in certain areas of society that up until now have not seen a lot of godly influence. Government is one of them. Education is one of them. There's going to be people who are raised up that God is going to anoint you and call you and raise you up to have a voice. 
and to show the love and the good news of Jesus uh, to folks who maybe have never heard it before. I want to encourage you this weekend, don't just be a spectator. You are not here to be entertained. You're here to be connected and to activate your giftings, activate your abilities. A lot of people say, boy, I don't really enjoy having to work for a living. The thing that I'm good at and I'm passionate about, I'm still, it's a, it's a drag. You know what's not a drag? Serving Jesus. Giving all that you can for him to see his kingdom and to see his house expanded. I want to encourage you, we're, when we finish up here, start roaming through the building. All the A-teams are set up. Uh, they're taking uh, names, of course. They're uh, taking on new uh, volunteers, new team members. I'm believing this is going to be a great weekend where we see more and more of us enlisted and added to the, to the family. More of us added to the teams of volunteers. We're going to need it, of course, with a new site coming. But I believe for even a relevance of that, we need it anyhow. We want to see people activated because there's something that happens in your relationship with Jesus when you start to use your gifts and abilities for him. This has nothing to do with another campus. This has everything to do with honoring him. Everything to do with following that great commission and understanding. God's given me a gift. He's connected me here. I want to make sure I do my part. Aren't you thankful that Jesus connected you to this church family, to this body? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you are here. Come on, so good. Such a fun night, and it's just going to continue from here. Why don't you close your eyes briefly. Let's pray before we finish up and we head out to the volunteer fair. Lord God, we love you. We're so thankful that you have planted us here in this church family. You've connected us. Lord, you've got us here on mission, the Great Commission. Every single one of us has an important role. Every single one of us matters. Lord, and I pray that it would be a revelation that goes off in our heart, that we are needed, we are important. Your kingdom here in our city, in our neighborhoods, it needs us to be in unity, serving you, walking with you, and using our gifts for you. Lord, I pray for anyone here who's not yet started this journey, not not yet begun their own relationship with you. Lord, I pray that right now you would be showing them that there is a place for them. There's a call on their life for so much more than they've been experiencing. Let's keep your eyes closed for one moment. I want to ask you this question before we wrap up. If you're here today and you've not yet begun your own relationship with Jesus, your own personal relationship with him, I want to give you a chance to pray a real simple, quick prayer with me where you can invite Jesus into your life and you can start your own journey, your own relationship with him. We do this every weekend here, and every weekend, uh, some folks end up praying with us and starting their own relationship. The rest of us here who know Jesus, you, you sense the excitement and the passion because we're just so amazed still at all that he's done, how good it is to know him, how good it is to have him in our lives. Not a religious thing. I'm not talking about religion. This is a personal relationship. Maybe you're here and you did know Jesus at one point, but... Just, you know, for whatever reason, the relationship didn't continue, but you would like to start again tonight. If that applies to you as well, or if you'd like to pray for the first time, can I see your hand so I know who I'm praying with? Lift your hand up good and high around the room. Before we finish up here today, we're going to pray together. Then you can start your own journey, your own relationship with Jesus. Go ahead and lift your hand up. Lift it up high enough so I can see you. I don't want to miss you as I'm looking out across the crowd.
anybody like to pray tonight and say, yeah, I want Jesus in my life. I need him in my life. I don't just want to be a religious person. I want to know him. I want to have a relationship with the one who changes everything, changes lives. Anyone here tonight, be brave and say, yep, I'm in. Go ahead and slip your hand up if that's you. We're going to pray together. All right, Lord God, I pray tonight that as we leave here that you would deposit within us a vision and such a revelation of how important we are in the body, how important we are in your family. Jesus, right now we ask your spirit to just come and just show every single one of us here that we absolutely are needed to continue the expansion of your kingdom. You set it up this way, Lord. You chose to use us. You chose that we would have an important role, and I pray that all of us would take that seriously. All of us would take that to heart and say, I want to roll up my sleeves and do my part for the kingdom. Lord, we love you. And everyone said, amen. Church, why don't you stand up this evening? Two things. And the first thing, you know what I'm going to say. I want you to look around for someone you do not know their name introduce yourself, invite them for a coffee down in the cafe. And then the second thing tonight, I want you to uh, dive on out into the rest of the building here down towards the cafe. The volunteer fair is happening. Activate your gifts tonight. God's got a place for you in the body. Love you, church. Have a great, great, great evening.